And welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingy, where for this week's show, I'm joined by a former teammate in the White Rhino himself, Cameron Rosengrave, and we preview round nine of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Oh, well, tēnā koe, Cameron, and thank you very much for joining me on Code with Kingy to cover round nine of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, I'd actually been meaning to get you on last year, but it seemed like you were a bit too busy for me, so I'm very happy that I've managed to track you down and put some time, or you've managed to put some time aside to help me with the show, bro. So yeah, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Kingy. It's, um, it's good to be on. Sorry I palmed you off last year. <laughs> Just like on the footy field, bro. Um, but well, before we get into the games, what I like to do with anyone that's fresh to the show is, given it's a new Super Rugby season and we've had two rounds of it, I guess I just wanted to get your perspective on how the competition's been run, whether you've enjoyed it, whether you've found it a bit too repetitive, and if you're looking forward to us taking on the Australian teams uh, really soon. Yeah, I've enjoyed it um, this year a lot more a lot more than last year. I, um, with it being a lot more open, any team can beat another team on their day. I think that's worked really well this year. They've all given it a good crack, and we've seen some good upsets, so I've actually enjoyed it being quite a bit more open. Yeah, I was talking about that with my dad, actually, at the start of the year when I had him on, and you know, yeah, he, he said that having the Chiefs in the competition, and unlike they were last year, it was actually a good thing. And even though the Hurricanes have only won the one game, I mean, they put on a show against the Highlanders when they got their one W, and then they pushed the Crusaders right to the end. And although the Chiefs yeah. obviously go into Friday night's clash as the favourites, it's not like the Hurricanes are totally out of the running, if you get what I mean. So I agree with you, bro. I agree with that point, and that it's been good to have you know, competition amongst all five teams rather than, you know, the Chiefs being, you know, the old team that gets a hiding week in, week out, or, you know, you just know they're inevitably going to lose. And, yeah, I don't know. I I have found the competition quite repetitive. I, I, I've i enjoyed the games for their physicality and the skill levels, but um, I think similar to what the players' mindsets are and that, you know, like when you're playing the same teams week in, week out, it can be hard to get up for something new. And I think that trans-Tasman bubble will, um, serve us well, not only from like a spectator point of view, but then yeah, also just to have yeah, just something fresh. So yeah, on that point though, we'll roll into Friday night's game. Um, as I alluded to before, the Chiefs and the Hurricanes, and Hamilton. And I guess the big thing for me that stood out with the Chiefs has been their resilience. Um, so after dropping their first two games in a tumultuous 2020, they've been perhaps the most pleasant takeaway from Super Rugby Aotearoa this year, and are now undoubtedly the form team of the competition. So. Given the state that Warren Gatlin left the side in when he switched his focus to the Lions, has what Clayson McMillan has done one of the more impressive coaching jobs that you've seen? Yeah, I think at, at this level it is. Obviously his, his credentials came before him and obviously he had it in him to do it, but he inherited a team that was clearly down on confidence and um, needed a couple of wins to get the get the monkey, or needed a couple of games to get the monkey off their back and They've just been rolling since, eh? Um, all the boys, I mean, you, you see all the Chiefs boys talking about his culture and, and what he's bought. Even reading the back page of the paper today, alluding to the fact that maybe Gatlin got away from what the Chiefs are good at and Clayton's brought it back. So it's good to see. 
Yeah, I think that Gatlin maybe came into the Chiefs environment last year looking to implement maybe a lot of the stuff that he'd done so overseas, you know, with the likes of Wales and what he'd done with the Lions. And like you said, I think that maybe he went away from the, the Chiefs' mana and, and the way that they like to express themselves because Clayson McMillan is a guy that played for the Bay of Plenty, sort of been raised around the area. Um, but yeah, he's. I, I feel like he had a better understanding of what it meant to be a Chief or, you know, be a supporter of the Chiefs and what Chiefs fans want to see. And yeah, he's just had all the boys buy in off the back of, yeah, like I just mentioned before, two first round losses and then, yeah, a, a pretty horrible 2020. And I think the big thing that for me that stood out has just been the, the level that the All Blacks have gone to. I mean, Damian McKenzie's playing out of his skin. Brad Weber, you know, the unsung hero for their team. Um, is continuing to play his best footy and is, you know, no doubt the all-black backup halfback now, hit another overseas. Antelina Brown's um, starting to hit his strides once again. And then even in the forward pack, just the development that, you know, the, the big boys up front have undergone. You, you look at the locks like Tupo Bai and Naitoa Koi, who perhaps last year were maybe a little bit too green and weren't quite ready to front up in the fours like, like you expect to at this level. But They've been something else this year, and then getting the likes of Luke Jacobson back, Lachlan Beauchere's back off an injury. Um, I mean, Sam came from when he was there, although I'm probably one of his bigger critics. Again, his mana within that group and the leadership that he probably would have had um, would have counted for something towards the, I guess, that Hurricanes game when they got the monkey off their back. And even across the front row, you, know, you only have to look at someone like Angus Tartavales and All Black. Nathan Harris has come back. He's had All Black experience. I mean, they've always had the players, but yeah, for whatever reason, they just couldn't quite get that cohesion on the park, and they seem to just break rather than bend, you know, in those tough moments. But all four of their wins have been tight games, so I don't know what changed, you know, within the matter of a week, you know, whether it was just simply a confidence thing for them. But yeah, yeah you wonder are. if um, yeah, they've really stepped up, eh? And you wonder if it's whether they they're they're playing for their coach now. And last year, that wasn't there quite so much. Yeah, who's to know? And it's going to be an awkward one. Um, and I put up a, a social media graphic last week as to you know, what's going to happen if Clayton McMillan goes on and does the impossible and wins the competition. And, you know, Warren Gatlin's coming back in as the full-time head coach next year after he's done with the Lions this year. And that must be a pretty weird dynamic. And, you know, considering, like you mentioned, the culture that he's built and, you know, the collective buy-in and all the praise that the players have been throwing the way of their coach, I'm not sure yeah. if I am a Chiefs player, I'd want it to go back to the old ways, considering the way that Warren Gatlin just sort of cleaned his hands of the team. I'm, I know that he'd always made that commitment to the Lions, but he just left them in such despair. And now he's almost taking back a team that's done a complete 180. So, yeah. I'm... It's going to be awkward, isn't it? <laughs> Very much so, bro. But uh, think, moving on. I think, um, just quietly, I think we'll see Clayton coaching the Hurricanes in a couple of years. I think well, that uh, I think Jason Holland will will go and uh, Clayton will end up coaching the Canes or Gatlin's when Gatlin comes back to the Chiefs. That's an interesting take considering Jason Holland did sign an extension next year. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. Considering the way that the the Canes are playing and the proven track record Clayton McMillan has in instilling you know belief in his players and creating a positive culture, but yeah, the, I guess that whole Chiefs situation and then yeah, moving on to the Canes. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how the future unfolds, bro. But yeah, for the Black and Yellow, they're back in office this week after a week off and have again sort of drawn the short straw with off the back of a bye, off the back of a close loss, and now without the inspirational skipper, they're having to play the most informed team in the manor. So 
I think that some people would think that, you know, given the Hurricanes are out of the running for the competition, that he could use these last two weeks or see them best served by looking to mix things up um, ahead of the Trans-Tasman bout. So what's your opinion um, with there only being two changes to the starting 15? Are you with that? Are you against it? Is there anyone that you would have liked to have seen thrown into the mixer, given that the Hurricanes only had two more games against New Zealand quality opposition? Yeah, I think maybe this week it would have been it would have been good to have Geordie Barrett back at ten, just to steer that ship. Ruben Love's really good, um, and I was impressed um, against the Crusaders, but I think that Geordie at ten this week might have just shored things up a little bit. But apart from that, there's not a lot of changes, is there? Karifi, um, that's a force change, and um, Rayasi on the wing. Uh, we all know Sass is the the most enthusiastic guy around, so. Hopefully he won't be lacking to get out there and put a good performance on. Yeah, I was just, I was just gonna make a mention, bro. Um, the other change was Walker Lear, where he's now out. Um, and I think it was Blackwell or Scrafton comes in. I can't remember which one of the two. Yeah, Scrafton, Scrafton. Yeah, was off the bench. But yeah, adding to your point about Rayasi, I was actually quite surprised that he was dropped from the fifteen yeah. after his game against the Blues. I know that Jason Holland came out and said that it was his work right off the ball, but. Knowing him like I do, I'm probably one of his more harsher critics, and I actually didn't think he performed that poorly off the ball. Or you know, I, I wouldn't point to him as a winger as as one of the reasons why the Blues got the better of them. But yeah, thankfully he's got another opportunity to step in, and um, I mean like he's a try scoring machine, and that's what the Hurricanes really need right now is that they need as many tries as they can possibly get. But um, obviously the resigning of Dane, resigning of Dane Coles the next couple of years, he's retained his two spot. For me, I I think that's almost similar to what the Highlanders are going to have to deal with with Aaron Smith and Falau Vakatava over the next couple of years. I think I'd like to see more potentially start and then bring Colson off the bench because I feel like, you know, I mean, they're both, you know, very energetic guys and, and are spark plugs, but I, I feel like Amor needs to get more and more reps under his belt as we build towards our next World Cup and then even the footy play for the All Blacks then after. And then, yeah, in the locks, there isn't really a lot to do. Obviously, Adia Sevilla's out, so they put um, Karifi in there. But yeah, I'm not sure how I feel um, about your your point with Jordy Barrett. I know that there have been a lot of people that have would have liked to have seen the fullback play a little bit closer to the ball. But I think if I am Jordy Barrett, that's the last thing I want to be doing, given that you know his best opportunity to play for the All Blacks is going to be in the 15 jersey, and it's probably something that he's looking to clamp onto. You know, mm. given his all um, given his brother's um, All Black hiatus uh, this year. But yeah. I don't know, I guess for me, I, there wasn't just a lot else that Jason Holland can do because, I mean, they've got their own injuries as it is. No, and now, now that Jacobson's out, it evens up that loose trio a little bit more, so that could be interesting. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Great to point that out. I've got that. She got that in my notes here. Great minds obviously think alike. But, yeah, why don't we get on to the results, bro? Who do you think is going to take this one out? Uh, I've got to go with my heart. Canes by four. Mm. See, this smells like... An upset, if you want to call yeah, it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I feel like you know, if there's if there's one things that the Canes do is that they disappoint you, you know, when there's expectation on them, and then when there isn't any expectation on them, that's when they seem to thrive. So I'm actually going to go with you, mate. I'm going to go five points though, rather than your four, just to change it up a little bit. So yeah, hopefully our our hometown heroes give us something to smile about. But moving on, Crusaders and the Blues. On Sunday afternoon in Christchurch. Now, obviously, this would have been a bit more of a blockbuster had these two teams gone into this um, with a little bit more form. But 
They've probably been the two most disappointing teams over the past month, and starting with the Red and Blacks, and it's hard to remember a poor stretch of form in the Scott Robertson era for the Crusaders, and what makes matters worse is the timing, you know, given we're only two weeks away from one. So in saying that, I mean, they were only just pipped by the Chiefs last week after being on the wrong side of the stat sheet, and they were able to hang in and win ugly against the lowly Canes. I'm sure Razor will make a few changes ahead of being back at home with the way they look to play the game. But do you think that all this commotion about possession and territory and that being the blueprint to breeding the Crusaders, do you think is as big a deal as what it's being made out to be? Yeah, I think it is. Obviously, you put up your graphic the other day which said the Crusaders only had 39% of the ball. If you haven't got the ball, you can't win the game. You know the old saying, Kingy. So, yeah, the, the Chiefs starved them of the ball. And another stat that I saw today, um, Crusaders missed 39 tackles to the Chiefs' 13. I know they made 100 more, but that's that's pretty telling. So they had no ball, and they were dropping off their D. So I think that tells a story in itself. And yet, they still nearly got there. That's probably the standout thing for me, the fact that the Chiefs had so much more ball, and they made the Crusaders work that much harder than they did off of it. And they only ended up coming away with a one-point win. McKenzie only kicked that penalty with five minutes to go. And had it not been for a great jackal by Naitoa Akoi, Richie Moanga or David Havali probably pops over that drop kick with a couple of minutes to go. So I'm not, I'm not all doom and gloom. And, you know, albeit, you know, I like to see the Crusaders lose, feel like this is the right sort of fuel to the fire for the Crusaders because I think they carry themselves a little bit differently to the other four franchises. And, you know, this will really be rubbing salt into an open wound, you know, with all that's going on in the public row. But... Uh, moving on to the Blues, though, their fans will be hoping that the season is somewhat like a roller coaster and that they're due for a rise after last week's plummet against the Highlanders. I mean, above all for me, um, it's been their lack of cohesion from 1 to 15 after the first two rounds, and they only seem to be capitalising off their opposition's errors. So, do you think that the Blues actually have the ability you know, at this stage of the competition to recapture or replicate their early season confidence? Or do you think it's maybe a little bit too far gone? I think I think they've got the personnel to win this weekend, and I think they can absolutely go to Christchurch and win. But unfortunately, last time they played the Crusaders, that was the beginning of the end, wasn't it? When the wheels fell off, they got picked apart at home by the Crusaders, beaten by the Chiefs. They scratched past the Hurricanes, and then they got out muscled by the Highlanders. So, um, to answer your question, I think they, if they go down there with the right mindset, they can win. But I don't think they will. Yeah, they just haven't being able to, I guess, show that mongrel that they've yeah. that they especially showed in their forwards the first couple of weeks. And off the back of what Tony Brown said in their loss and what I think has been one of the telling things for them is just the teams that they're playing are looking to keep them the ball in play and stretch them rather than be confrontational because they aren't going to outmuscle the Blues. So they've almost had to outsmart them. And I just feel like... The Blues haven't shown an ability to adapt on the go or actually like play the footy that's in front of them. I, I feel like they're maybe a little bit too one-dimensional, um, which is surprising, you know, given you know the insight that they'll have from Leon McDonald and Tana Umanga, and I, and I would have thought that their game drivers would have done a better job in getting their forwards down the right end of the park and not have to make them work as hard out of their own end zone, but it, it just hasn't worked. And, you know, guys like Riku Iwani haven't really been able to fit themselves into the game. I mean, Caleb Clark, you know, know, I thought that he made a couple of breaks last week that they didn't quite capitalise on. He hasn't really been the same player. And, yeah, unfortunately for guys like um, Hoskins Satutu, 
who you know has been pointed at as maybe suffering a bit of the second year syndrome um yeah it's just it's it's, it's just been like I, I guess it's just sort of snowballed for them and i think there's maybe the possibility that you know, all the talk in the media that it, it's crept in and i don't know if whether it's fairly justified because i try and like more direct a lot of my content away from that and let always play footy but yeah just, things just haven't been the same since they lost to the Crusaders, like you said at home, it feels like they took a lot of the wind out of their sails, and they've only just really been just staying afloat. And yeah, like you mentioned, they get beaten by the Chiefs, they get beaten by the Highlanders, and they only just scrape past the Hurricanes. Yeah, they still haven't quite got the ability to um to win the games they need to win, eh? No, and you know you'd think that the depth that they have and the X factor that they have across the park, that they they would have shown a bit more of a killer punch. But yeah, yeah. Uh, outside of those first two weeks, it just hasn't been there, and I'm just not sure. You know, given the run of the the Chiefs and, and how far away the Crusaders are from a points perspective on the table, that they're going to be given an opportunity to you know, have a go at that at that title in a, in a couple of weekends' time. They're going to need the the Hurricanes get up this weekend, and they're going to have to do a pretty big job to beat the Crusaders at home. And, and uh, I can't remember the last time the Crusaders dropped two games at home, so. Yeah. Two games at all in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. I think if that happens, they might need to go out and buy a lot of ticket straight yeah. after the game. But yeah, just starting with me, bro. Yeah, I, I can't see the Blues getting this one done. And I don't know for whatever reason, I feel like the Crusaders going to put them to the sword. It's just, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a tale of two two different sides, isn't it? The, the Crusaders are are gonna are gonna punch back from last week, and unfortunately, the poor old Blues are limping home. What a shame. Oh, mate, I, I don't show too much sympathy anyway, bro. Um, I've voiced my um, my dislike of Aucklanders. But, yeah, that's a wrap for our preview of round nine. Um, obviously, I had to get back in touch with you on either Sunday night or Monday, depending on how much sports you've got through, with it being, you know, Monday being a public holiday. So, yeah, mate, um, I know that you mentioned earlier that you're taking Friday off. So enjoy your long weekend, bro, and I look forward to recapping all of the action um, from this weekend whenever you're ready. Cool. Look forward to it.